to death and aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two cousins who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Monica. And I still hate mirrored cameras. Sorry, I can't get over how stupid I look. Um, how was your week, Monica? It was fine. Did a lot of... I actually, I, you know, did stuff this week. I went swimming because it was hot here. Um... Uh, shopping, I got my nails done yesterday. For those of you who are watching the video, I have long nails now. Um, and I was just telling Mary Kate, my boyfriend had like a work thing at a speed track, a speedway out here, and we just saw some really awesome fireworks last night. It was great. And then I fell asleep in the car promptly afterwards. <laughs> um, my week. My week. So, like we told you last week, my grandma was in town. And uh, so we were, like, actually doing things and whatnot to, like, because my cousin came with her, and he hasn't been up here since he was, like, seven. So we were, like, taking him places. And then there was a drive-by shooting on my block at 11.30 p.m. on Tuesday night. No one was hurt. I keep telling the story and forgetting the disclaimer that nobody was hurt because I tell the story and I'm like telling it and then everybody's like, is everyone okay? I'm like, oh shit, yeah, no, no, everybody's fine. Everybody's <laughs> fine. No one is dead. No one was shot. A house was the only thing that got hit. Um, the problem was my grandma was the only one outside. She was the only witness to the drive-by shooting. Joey must have loved that. Oh my gosh, she was shaking. It was a poor thing. It was so stressful. Like she, the I was when, glad she didn't end up. Oh, for sure. When the, the like when the police went to interview her, she said, "Please don't call me." <laughs> <laughs> um, but so there was that, and so we were all very shaken up this week. It was a rough day, and then Wednesday when we were all trying to like recoup from the fact that we like were staying up till one thirty in the morning talking to police officers. Um, my sister and the baby showed up to surprise us. So, my niece is here. It was on her six-month birthday. Aww. It was very, very exciting. Um, so, yeah. It's been a crazy, crazy week. So much <laughs> happening. Um, like, so much happening to the point where I literally, I think... On Tuesday, I didn't do the Instagram post till like eight o'clock at night or something yeah. stupid because I literally was like, "Oh, right, I'm supposed to do work." Yeah. <sighs> but so my sister's in town for two weeks. So if the Instagram sucks for the next two weeks, I apologize. I'm preoccupied. There's a baby in my house. And I'll my be in Florida for like half of that half of that yeah my uh luckily my sister is very very kind and um left the room to film that we film in to feed the baby while we're recording so that's... she was getting fussy and she probably needed a nap oh she's yeah been up since i've been here yeah i mean she's already taken like three naps already but you know she's six months old so that's normal <laughs> um no she's starting to get a little bit fussy and I was like, I'm already going to tell everybody that you're here. Like, you don't have to be silent. And she's like, no, it's okay. I don't want you to have to edit her out of her crying. <laughs> there. So, that's been my week. Oh, also, I got a fresh do. Fixed my hair. I look less ratchet. My mom was really upset that it's still blue, but. What are you going to do? 
Um, if you understood the process of how hard it is to get blue out of your hair, you would realize that when it isn't blue anymore, it's going to be painful. Yeah, and unless you are covering it up or expecting to go back like five times to get it lifted out without ruining your hair, um, you're going to go darker. Unfortunately, I've never been a brunette in my entire life. I think never. It's going to be a first for you in August. <laughs> I don't wanna. Brad Mondo would be so upset. He really would. He probably loves your hair. I know. Not many people can pull off white blonde, but yeah, I was one of those people that couldn't pull off normal blonde. My hair just <laughs> looks. Real. I just my skin complexion just does not work with blonde. Oh yeah, no, my hair is so white that it's actually gray right now. Yeah. Which is perfect. I want to look like Elsa always. And I, after I would, like, fuck around with random colored hair, it would be fun for a bit, but then when it would start to fade and the blonde would start to show through, it just looks so bad. I'm like, dark colors are the only thing that look good on my hair. That's so. the Italian in you. Yeah, and I hate that. Because I have dark eyebrows. I'm not bleaching my eyebrows for a hair color. I'll shave them off just for funsies, but I won't bleach them for a hair color. I like how that's where I draw the line. Um, I... There are some blondes that don't look bad with dark eyebrows. But because mine are so dark, it's like, I feel like it looks like those girls that used to draw, like, brick brows on with their blonde-ass hair. Me. So. <laughs> but that's, like, was what people did in 2016. It's 2021. I don't like, feel like... Like, when we, was me going to school, like, there would be the blondes who would have, like, the no, thick, No, I know, but it's funny, because you say 2016, like, that was, like, a whole different, like, de- Like, I mean, granted, technically, it's a different it's a decade, decade. But it's, like, that was five years ago. Which is weird to think about. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Five five years is nothing in fashion. True. Except for that the internet makes things weird, and I don't like it. Yeah, tr- like, literally, trends come and go so quickly when it comes into, like, style and fashion and stuff like that. It. Where, like, certain trends would last almost a whole decade. You know what trends should die? Hmm. Low-rise jeans. Yes, who is so comfortable enough to let their gut hang I don't know why low-rise jeans are back in, but I do not appreciate it. They literally wore them just to, like, show off their thongs underneath. And if that's you, and if you can wear low-rise and they do look good on you, I'm glad that you can work that. Um, I'm sorry, they don't look good on you. No matter, it doesn't matter what your body shape is, doesn't matter what your style look is, low-rise jeans don't look good on anyone. That's not where your waist is. It doesn't make sense. It it literally cuts your hips, like, Yeah, it's stupid. Don't wear them. Um, yeah. So, that's... I've been rocking high-waisted anything since I, since that became a I mean, I've only been rocking high-waisted since I got fat, but then I look at pictures of me when I wasn't fat wearing low-rise things and go, who the fuck told me that was okay? Mm -hmm. Like, the 2000s, man. Like, the Paris Hilton style is just... You don't even know. You don't even understand, because you were... An, an infant. infant. I was in middle school. Middle school is the hardest time of anyone's life to try to fit in and be popular because you don't really have fashion sense yet and you're poor. You aren't old enough to have a job. Mm-hmm. So you're just wearing whatever you possibly can to try to look cool. Yeah. And I was in middle school in 2003. So no, you can't even begin to understand how the fact that I never was able to afford a Von Dutch hat 
Then there was me in middle school who would wear purple mascara and green eyeshadow because I wasn't allowed to wear dark makeup to school. But I wanted to start wearing makeup. So that's what my mother gave me. And she said, have fun. And I did it. I got into a fight once because I wore blue eyeshadow. Why? This girl told me I looked stupid. Hey, yeah. Amber. Love you. No, she's really one of my best friends. Oh. It's fine. <laughs> we were not. We got I was it. like, oh, jeez. Are you dropping Oh, yeah, no, she's great if she watches this. I don't know if she watches it. Probably not. But, but yeah, no, like, because I've seen, obviously, pictures of, like, Paris Hilton style that now the people, which I don't understand, like, middle school schoolers nowadays, I feel like have it so much easier because there are, like, 10-year-olds walking around looking older than I do. I'm sorry, but anyone who didn't have an awkward phase, um, I wish wow. nothing but misery on your life. You have to... That that's part of the growing up thing. You have to. It's like awkward growing pains. It's like no. getting picked on. It humbles you. If you never have a chance to be humbled, we need guess more bullies. What? <laughs> we need more bullies. But that's the thing is that all the ones that were cool would bully the ones that weren't, so that you had that. Those people were able to be humble and then fit into wherever they wanted to fit. I mean, obviously, like, no. Like, I'm not saying, like, let's beat people up. Like, there's a line that you shouldn't cross. But, like, now you get, like, suspended from school for telling somebody their eyebrows don't match. And it's like, no, we need more bullies. Thank you. And, like, if you're going to, like, going through those, I personally, those awkward growing pains of trying to figure out your style and the sense of who you are, legit helps you figure out who you are as a person at the end of the day. I was not cool. I fully thought I was. Mm -hmm. See, I was not cool, and I fully knew I wasn't. (laughs) And, but I also wasn't really bullied. No. Middle middle school was bad for me. I might have been the bully, now that I think about it. Middle school was really bad for me, and then... High school came, and I just stayed real quiet, low radar. Oh, no, I was definitely the bully in high school. I Freshman year, I was like, I'm going in under the radar. I had a few friends. And then I got into theater, and then that's just I didn't. I didn't intentionally become the bully in high school. Me and my best friend in high school, so I went to a private Catholic high school, and there was only, like, four or five of us in my entire class that had ever gone to public school. Mm-hmm. So people were afraid of us because they were like, oh, these scary public school kids. So we, like inadvertently became the bullies because people were afraid of us for and we didn't know why but mm-hmm. so then because everybody was afraid of us we fully used that to our advantage yeah, yeah. but because like it, that's the one thing with me going to high school like everyone's like oh high school is the worst like high school wasn't fun but not for getting like bullied wise for me at that I'm point in, I was, high school was only not fun because you're going through so many hormonal changes, changes that you hate everything yeah, like, it, that. that's, like, the thing that's probably the worst. Like, I know there's other kids at my high school that had it way worse, but, like, I flew under the radar for a few, for about my first two years there. End of my junior year, uh, junior, uh, sophomore year, I started, like, becoming friends with the popular girls, which was really weird. Um, and then, like, I was friends with them, and then being in theater and doing yeah. plays and doing stuff like that. And for some reason, theater was a big thing at NFHS. Yeah, your school theater was not something that you got picked, picked on, on for. So like, some, I mean, some places the theater kids are the ones who get bullied. But, like, where you went to school, that yeah. it was not. If you were on the basketball team or the theater, you were, like, equally cool. Well, yeah. Which is so uh, weird. And I, uh, and because, like, obviously as you're growing and mm-hmm. I, by my senior year, everyone knew who I was. I was never, like... I don't want to say I was popular, because I don't 
It's just, I was in a lot of things where, like, oh, like, that's Monica. And I was always a nice person. I never was, like, yeah. a bitch. Yeah. So then, but I was also, like, I wasn't friends with everybody. I was just friendly to everybody. And some people got very upset when they didn't get, like, graduation invites. I'm, like, I literally invited five friends to my grad party because it was a more of a family thing, not a friend thing. And I'm, like, I will not talk to a single one. I didn't get invited graduate. to your grad party. You weren't here. Oh. <laughs> you didn't come home till that October, you dumbass. I was like, where was I? Oh, yeah, you weren't here. Oh, I yeah. forgot that you're so young. Yeah, I'm turning 21 this year. In yeah. like two months. Ew, two months today, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But other than that, yeah. yeah no. Uh-huh. <laughs> Glad we had this like PSA about I was like. No, but I was like, what else, like, have I done? I got my hair dyed. My sister came to town. There was the drive-by shooting. Um, that, I mean. You went to Anderson's. Okay. I mean, I got custard at three different places this week. Um, Speaking of which, which one did Bastion like the most? Okay, my cousin. So, anyone from Western New York, we took my cousin to Dee Dee's in Niagara Falls, Hibbard's in Lewiston, and Anderson's. We went to the Amherst location, but Anderson's. My cousin, he said... The winner was the Perry's Custard at Dee Dee's. But the flavor at Anderson's was the best. It just didn't have the better texture. So yeah. overall package, Dee Dee's won, but Anderson's had the best flavor, flavor of the three. That's fair. That's fair. And I was like, I can appreciate that ranking system. Like, I, my favorite, I love Dee Dee's Custard because it's so thick. But so creamy. I'm a big Anderson's person. I love Anderson's. Like, I would rather... Anderson's is really good, too. But yeah. also, Dee Dee's is really close, and it's super convenient. I think the thing that I like better about Anderson's is that Anderson's, because it's homemade, they and they, like, they make their own flavors, and they can and they change their flavors, flavors all the time. So, like, obviously, they always have vanilla and chocolate, mm-hmm. but, like, they have so many flavors. Like, they have butter pecan, cinnamon, lemons all and cream, serve? all soft serve, banana, and the cinnamon is, like, spicy cinnamon, like mm-hmm. a, like a big red gum. Oh, yeah. They've got, like, butter, uh, uh, like, um, Butterfish? like a, no, like a, um, amaretto, like a hazelnut Kahlua type oh, flavor. Like, okay. they have, and they have a, they have a custard calendar. So, like, of their eight locations, there's a different flavor outside of vanilla and chocolate every day Mm -hmm. and they at the beginning of the month publish a calendar that says which stores will have which flavors those days and their banana custard tastes exactly like a banana laffy taffy it's my favorite thing on the entire planet because when we took um our cousin to Dee Dee's together yeah um they had the orange creamsicle one which yeah which is good yeah yeah but anderson's has they have black cherry, they have a raspberry, they have, like, the when we went the other day, they had lemons and cream. Ooh. And it's all soft serve. I mean, even their hard ice cream is homemade also. That's, and that's the thing where it's, like, yeah, Perry's just, like, if you live in Western New York, you ought to, you know that Perry's has, like, some of the best ice cream. Oh, yeah. The problem is Anderson's homemade ice cream is really good, but their custard is so much better that I never get hard ice cream when I go there. Yeah. And so, and, like, I can see where Bash was talking about that texture, texture. thing. Because, yeah. have, and obviously, if you haven't, like, I don't want to say mastered it, but, like, have a whole company built based off of... Well, no, but, I mean, Anderson's custard, some people prefer their, their texture. texture. It's just, it's whatever you prefer. I like it better. If you're ever in the Western New York area, be sure to check out one of those two places, because they both have really good ice cream. Also, if you're from the Western New York area and you listen to this podcast, uh, what is your favorite custard? Yeah. 
Thank you for your question. That should be our post for the day. Um, we watched episode seven this week. It was called The Devil's Platform. Once again, I thought it was about trains. <laughs> right? Every episode's about trains. <laughs> Only none of them are. Um, politics can be murder when a senator sells his soul to the devil in exchange for the ability to destroy his opposition. Tom Skerritt guest stars. I thought that said Tom Selleck, and I thought he looked like Tom Selleck. I said I probably said that about six times before we watched, even when we were yeah. watching the episode. I'm like, that's just knockoff Tom Selleck. It was rated 7.8 stars, which I think is tied for the highest. Let me see. 7.3. Oh, no, 8.1. The vampire was 8.1, which you still don't understand. I don't get that, but, like, pop off, I guess. Okay, so the vampire was 8.1. Episodes 1 and 2 I forgot to write, but I think they were in the 7s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one that was 7.8 was the werewolf. I don't get it. This one is 7.8, but I actually do think about it deserves that. Yeah, I, I think that this is definitely better than The Werewolf. Yes. 100%. Um, it was, again, directed by Alan Barron, who, this is the fourth episode. Remember I said he directs four? Yes. This is his fourth. Although this one was stylistically very different than the other three he directed. And I think that had it, like, um, had something to do with the storyline of it. A Maybe. Little bit. I mean, there was definitely still shadow play yeah. in this one, but it wasn't as intense as the other three. I think it was more so he was trying to do with lighting, especially when we were dealing with the dog. Yeah. Um, I think it was his play on lighting, and when Colstack was in, like, that stone corridor towards the end, I think that was yeah. kind of... Yeah, like, there was definitely some of it, but... His episodes were a lot darker, in a sense. So. Yeah. I mean, there's still some shining through, but none of those... But we didn't have, like, some cool, like silhouette that I think would have looked Which is interesting because I don't know how you managed to make an alien feel darker than the devil. But he did. He did that. Um, It was written, the teleplay was written by Don Mullally, who um, wrote a bunch of the stuff back then, you know, Bonanza, Laramie, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, everything that existed. He probably wrote something. That's what these guys did back then. Yeah. Um, And the story was written by Tim Mashler, who, again, Hawaii Five-O, Fantasy Island, Starsky and Hutch, like, they're just all those kinds of things. The general, like, everybody's done everything kind of thing. But there was also, I, like, back in the 70s, there was, like, a, probably a salad of, like, 12 regular shows. And I feel like all the writers well, just circled in and out. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like today, like, when you get hired as a writer for a show, you tend to, like, stay with that show for a while. Mm-hmm. Or, like, like, if you think about it, of the writers that we had in Hemlock Grove, like, obviously there were a few that were one-offs, but mm-hmm. mostly it was, like, this person wrote five of the 12 episodes this yeah. season. This one wrote five of the 12 episodes that season. Like, whereas these shows, it was more of, like, a studio kind of owned the show when you worked for the studio, mm-hmm. so you wrote for this show and the show and the show and the show, not yeah. as much as you worked for this show. Yeah. Which I feel like in this day and age, there's a lot of those, like, sitcom aspects where, like, one episode was, like, a story of the week type of show back then that they weren't, not every single one, like, there were some yeah. that were plot heavy, but a lot of them were, like, here's what's happening today in the Brady Well, Bunch. but, like, yeah, but, like, yeah, even the stories that were more, like, some of them, there was, like, obviously, like, your more um, plot-based shows... But even the more plot-based shows, like, that had solid characters that did things all the time, it still had that story of the week kind of element to it. Like, 
Hawaii Five-0 and Starsky and Hutch, like you had your characters that you were paying attention to and their lives were important, but the, the cases that they were working on yeah. or the situation that they got themselves into that day was like different right. every week. Yeah. So I feel like having a, having which is, a different Which is like similar to terrible. like... Um, like the TV crime genre right now. Yeah. Like you look at things like Criminal Minds and NCIS and CISI and that stuff and like we care about the characters. That's why we watch the show. We care about the characters. Mm-hmm. But their cases, mm-hmm. the things that they're solving, the work All that different. they're doing isn't necessarily continuous. Mm-hmm. Like you'll unless, have unless you'll have the end of a season. Right. You'll have like story things. arcs or like one like things that are like connected vaguely and then at the end of the season you find out that there was a whole big thing that connected all of them but like it's like we care if this character is going on a date or not but also they're solving a crime that has nothing to do with with the crime that was last week yeah that's cool yeah um our guest stars this week obviously Tom Skerritt that was in the description of the episode big Tom Um, Selleck Fake Tom Skellig is so dumb because Tom Skerritt is actually super famous. No, he is. But, like, it's the mustache, the way he sells his hair, and how closely his name is to Tom Selleck. Uh, Tom Skerritt, for those of you who don't know, uh, was in things. Uh, he played, this is my, my dad's order of the three most important things that he did. Uh, he was in Picket Fences, mm-hmm. which my mom was like, oh, I loved him in that show. I've never seen It's not. It's most definitely not a soap opera. Um, he was in Steel Magnolias. That I do. Um, and he was one of the commanding officers in Top Gun. Yep. Obviously, I recognized him from Top Gun, but the thing that I recognized him for was there's a show that I. I watch weird shows. Like, I'll find a show and I'll get really obsessed with it and then I'll realize, like, it has no following and nobody knows what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. But there was a show called Leverage that was basically a bunch of criminals Mm -hmm. got together and used their, like, criminal skills for good. Like, they would, like, stop... They would like oh, run. Like they would suicide no, but they yeah. They right? but they would like run cons on people, but they were the good guys. Oh. So like they were all con artists and like scam artists, and they would run like art heists and stuff, but like to steal the, back an already stolen, stolen painting paint? or stuff oh, like that. Okay. And he played. I want. I think it was the main character's dad. Um. He played. I know his character. But I don't remember, his character's name was Jimmy Ford. Yeah, Nate's dad. He played the main character's father on that show. And so I was like, oh, yes, no, I do. I know that. I know that. I love that show. And they're bringing it back. And it's coming back this month. Oh, shit. Speaking about really weird and obscure shows that I feel like no one watches, barring like that kind of like crime, serial killer type of genre. Yeah. When I was at my, I think there's only three seasons of it. I wouldn't mind if we did it. The following with Kevin Bacon, and it Ooh, was that is a good one. And is he's it, based I don't know off of Allen Poe's I know. work to That's kill the thing. people. Yeah, that was a that was it. Got a little sloppy at the end of the yeah. third season, but it was still really freaking good. Like that is one that I'll sit back and go like, 
I kind of miss I, I show yeah. like that. Like, it was really, really good. I mean, I do love Edgar Allan Poe more than just about And they all wore, like, other. Edgar Allan Poe masks. No, they wore the, the lead guy of the cult's mask. Like, well, it was a cult. Mask. The cult was obsessed with so Edgar Allan Poe. And would use a lot of his motifs in the way of killing people and leaving different... That's why I feel like you of all people would fucking love that. So, fun fact, there are only four men that I have ever loved more than my father. And those four men are William Shakespeare, Charles Dickens... Edgar Allan Poe, and King Henry VIII of England. Wow. And they're all dead. They're all very dead. Very dead. And I've been to two and a half of the four graves. I've been to Charles Dickens' grave. I've been to William Shakespeare's grave. I went to the palace that... Henry VIII is buried in, but I didn't get to go into the grave room because I unfortunately planned my trip really poorly and I went to Windsor Castle at the same time as the queen was inside the castle so they weren't letting visitors in, but it's because she was receiving the Olympic torch. So I got to see the Olympic torch, but I didn't actually get to see Henry VIII's grave, but I did go to his favorite palace. Yeah. It's still pretty close to it. Right. And and I went to the palace that he lived in. That was his favorite. I just didn't get to see his actual tomb. tomb. Um, and then I haven't been to Baltimore. Well, I've been to Baltimore, but I haven't been to Edgar Allan Poe's grave in Baltimore, but my mom has and sent me pictures. That's really cool. So. Like, I, um, it, I think I may have sent it, sent it to you. It's like about being an Edgar Allan Ho. Like, goth <laughs> girls need to be called Edgar Allan Ho's instead of Big City Goth GFs or whatever it was now. Yeah. And I was like, it was like, how about a nice Edgar Allan Ho, mayhaps? <laughs> and I was like, I like that one. Um, so yeah, Tom Scared. Great. Uh, uh, we actually only have three guest stars this time, and the other two are both very small parts, but, uh, Julie Gregg played, I cannot remember her name in the show, but she was the secretary who got oh, murdered. She, okay, okay, because I wasn't sure if she was a secretary, because I didn't know who yeah. was who. Yeah, so she was a secretary who got murdered, and she was, like, in a bunch of stuff, like, she was in the original Batman TV series, and Hawaii Five-O, Mission Impossible, all that stuff in the 60s and 70s, but... She is more well-known than most of our guest stars because she played Sandra Corleone in all three Godfather movies and the Godfather TV show. Which, which I didn't know there was a Godfather TV show until I was doing this. Listen, okay, I have, I'm pretty sure I've seen every Godfather movie once, but I don't, all I know is about a horse's say, head in a bed. I was going to say, you're about to get your Italian it. card revoked. I really am. Like, I watched it once when I was younger. I, it's, I, like, my mom will sit there, like, it'll come because on AMC, she'll sit there for nine hours and watch that shit. I mean, like, I thing. can do more I things. appreciate what they did for film. Mm-hmm. I oh, appreciate the amount of times they've been parodied. I could tell you every time that they've been parodied and everything mm-hmm. I've ever seen, I've never seen the movie. Yeah. Honestly, um, the Godfather character in Zootopia, probably my favorite <laughs> parody of The Godfather. <laughs> Like, so. it, it's not like a bad movie. Oh, I, no, no, no. I just... It's just some... First of all, I know for Italians, it's a big thing because it actually captured a lot of the culture really well, I guess. And especially for traditional Italians. Um, Which I am not. And that's where I come from. So, like, going dealing with that, like, yes, it's a nice testament to that. So, my parents will sit and watch that all the time. Whenever it's on, like, a marathon on AMC, they'll sit and watch all of them. Where I'm like, for me, I will appreciate what it's done, but I'm like, I don't want to spend Which, 10 hours. That's I why I won't watch Lord of the Rings. fair, because 
I have watched The Quiet Man mm-hmm. and Darby O'Gill and the Little People more times than most people have ever even heard of them. I didn't know that either of those movies were a thing. Well, one of them is a movie I'm named after, so that's ridiculous. I th- was it which one was it? The Quiet Man. I'm named after that. I think that's why I know that the title. Yeah. yeah. But I've never. Also, one? apologies. Last time know. we were on this podcast and I was talking about The Quiet Man, I said it came out in 1943, and that was not correct. Yeah, so like I'm pretty sure you told me about that, but like I've never heard of the other. It's 1946. Other one. Um, yeah. No, W. O. Little People is actually a Disney movie, live action movie from back in like the 50s, I think. And 46, 56. What the fuck am I talking about? 1956. That's when The Quiet Man came out. Not 1946. Um, Darby Ongo, Little People is back from the 50s as well. Sean Connery is in it. He's the main character. Um, And he falls in love with this girl. Um, And I don't actually remember the premise of how this happens. But basically, Darby, her father, has to go on this whole, like... West and there's leprechauns and a banshee and it's like all of the very Irish like yeah. stereotypes and but it's 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 a really good movie but I remember being terrified of the banshee like the banshee part is genuinely scary yeah I, I, I mean like I wouldn't doubt it because again the 50s and like having to do things once again practically to make shit look creepy and with well, like, the film like being the banshee darker. like screams and like the guy dies and then there's like a, a like a horse carriage like taking him off to the afterlife oh. it's like dark oh well it was also the 50s in disney so like right. <laughs> but and like the another thing like it's on disney plus anybody oh, anybody who wants to watch darby o'gill and the little people and know what i'm talking about it's on disney plus like the one thing that i've always loved was thanks to my father and like you have also watched it because I'm pretty sure your dad showed it to you. It was HR Puff and stuff. That uh, was yes. my favorite show ever. I loved HR Puff and stuff. Okay. And then our last guest star for this episode was Ellen Weston, who played the senator's wife. And um she was on Guiding Light for like a year, which is my favorite soap opera, but she played like a child. Mm-hmm. Like that one, just kidding. <laughs> and she, but she was on things like Get Smart, SWAT, like, yeah, all of that. And she had a very because we had a debate when we first saw her on screen. She had very short hair, and me and Brie liked it. And then she's like, "It looks like a grandma." And I was like, "I was like, yeah." And I was like, "But like Blanche Devereaux vibe." She's like, "Exactly, grandma." <laughs> but did Blanche believe she was a grandma? No. Um, so this episode was. Probably the funniest episode yeah. so far. The dialogue was A+. Plus. Um, we start with, like, a car going off the road, and, like, Kolchak's uh, narration over it is, like, he was on his way to supper, but little did he know that his last supper was yesterday. It's like, what? I was like, wow, Kolchak. Um, at first, before all these things started, well, we have all these, like, deaths and this explosion, but, like, um, the visual that they used of the explosion? So weird. The boat explosion was they just... They showed a boat. Just, like, floating down the river. But then it was, like, an ex- like in the middle of an explosion with a clear black screen around it that was definitely not the boat, nor the sea, nor the sky behind it. Like... What I was confused about, just to start, was why on earth um, Kolchak was involved in um, the senator's campaign when all these things were 
being exploded because like we know Kolshak, he will go after the things that he's not supposed to be researching, but he was still going after Palmer. But he said Palmer was a good copy, like meaning like it was a good story. He was going to get a good headline for writing about this guy who nobody knew who he was. And all of a sudden he was like running for a senator. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we see uh, Palmer talking to his campaign manager and his campaign manager is telling him all of the dirty things that he's been caught on, mm-hmm. like um, campaign fund mismanagement and fraud and all of this stuff. And I said, um, sounds like everyone in America right now. Gee. Which Palmer was like, all politicians do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, not wrong. Yeah. Um. Oh, I have a note about how Kolchak runs really dumb. Like, his running, so weird. But, like, iconic at the same time. Yeah. Like, he he's, it definitely looks like he's running on a TV set. Because he knows he can't, like, run out of frame. <laughs> so he's like, I'm going to take it slow, but try and make it look like I'm running fast. Yes. Um, um, he goes to a gentleman's club mm-hmm. to watch... The debate? Mm-hmm. Oh, but the, oh. the elevator. Oh, right, right. I just skipped the elevator. Yeah. An elevator crashes and everyone's dead, but then there's a dog on the elevator and um, the dog is not dead. He just kind of like runs on out at Cole Shack and Cole Shack says a sign. He's like, when someone, when a car runs you over, oh, you can just say the license plate. He said, notes to the pedestrians of America. When you're run over by a wild dog, and you cannot get their plates, take, take their, their tags. tags. That's what it was. Um, um, oh, so then he goes to watch this uh, debate, which of course doesn't actually happen because Palmer doesn't show up to the debate because, spoiler alert, and by spoiler alert, I mean Monica and I both, and my dad all figured it out in the first watch of the episode, um, Palmer was the dog. Yeah. Because this dog is following him, and Palmer was the only one not on the elevator, after he got on the elevator, kind of hard, and now there's magically a dog there. If you put two and two together, yeah, he's the dog. Um, but my question about the gentleman's club was, why is there a payphone in the men's room? Well, for services, you know what I mean? Ew. Well, I mean, like, I don't know, women's restrooms, you get tampons, men's, you get fo- cell phones, I don't know. Payphones. I, d- I don't know. So uncomfortable with that. Um, then our favorite uh, old lady, Miss Emily, has returned from a trip. With the most convenient to, things. To Italy. And she has bought Kolchak a new hat because apparently his is too ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite is that she bought Tony pasta. But she bought him this artichoke pasta, and she bought it to him specifically because it has less calories than regular pasta. So she was straight calling Tony a fatty. Yeah, yeah, because it's made with the. She's like, it's made with artichoke paste instead of flour. But also, she she insulted Tony and like complimented him at the same time because she brought him this pasta and told him he was fat. But then also was like, you should be so proud of your people. Yeah, Italy is so beautiful. As if Tony Vincenzo has ever been to Italy. Exactly. And um, then her her last little thing that she pulls out is, conveniently, holy water blessed by the Pope at the Vatican. 
So if you're gonna try and take down some demonic force, I feel like the Pope has the has the right uh power in that to okay. do exactly that. Um, she's my favorite. She's, she's so sweet. Um. Um, Cole, er, Kolchak's being all suspicious because he doesn't know what happened to Palmer. So he goes to his house to ask him some questions and he meets his wife. Because he's already sent there to be doing an interview on him anyway because right. Tony's on his ass to get it But done. Um, the thing about his wife is that she is the sassy. And she is saying all this stuff about, like, you don't ask me these questions, ask my husband, blah, blah, blah. And, like, she's not entirely in the wrong. But all I could think about was the fact that could you imagine if a political candidate right now's wife answered questions that way? Oh, they'd be so upset with her. Oh, my God. Like, it would ruin their career. Yeah. It would ruin people. Because just carry yourself with a smile and go, oh, and, like, but she was very, she was saying everything with a smile, but she wasn't hiding her, right. like, tone yeah. of her voice. She literally, my favorite, she said, my husband is perfect, and Carl said, oh, I wish I was. She goes, yeah, me too. And then he was like, and your first name is Linda. She's like, yes, but you can call me Mrs. Palmer. And I was like, oh, shit. She said, no, we're not friends here. Right, but, like, all I was picturing is, like, if somebody was, like, interviewing, like, Dr. Jill Biden, mm-hmm. and she responded that way, it would be the end of the world. Oh, yeah. They would be like, president's wife, asshole. Exactly. And which, whatever. I think like, that. I don't care. Yeah, I'm like, let a Personally, like, personally, my biggest thing is there's this guy I have a crush on who's a politician. And my biggest fear is that I would actually marry him and have to be a politician's wife because this sass is not going to stop. Right. And, that, and that's the one thing where it's like, let the woman be the woman. The politician is the, the person. Like, there's obviously stuff that like happens if it affects like directly but if you're coming asking questions about him that she doesn't feel comfortable releasing and it's like also like midnight when Kolchak's there also I would be a little sassy too I mean granted this is we're talking about a senatorial race and a no-name person who is not even like important yet and they're also calling him the people's vote but like no that's not the important part so like this is a no-name guy who's running for senator that nobody's ever heard of before but let's be real. If a reporter showed up at politician's house mm-hmm. at night, that would not fly. Yeah, true. The seventies, so, man, what a time! 70s oh, were I forgot to tell you guys what day this episode came out on. It was November fifteenth, nineteen seventy four. Tea. Sorry, <laughs> it's only important because because this episode was all about the senatorial race, and nineteen seventy four was a year that there was a senatorial race in. Illinois, I was doing a bunch of research about the 1974 senatorial race to see if this was, like, some kind of, like, hidden, this is how we feel about politics. It was not connected at all. Yeah. Basically, political environment in 1974 was that everybody was real pissed because Gerald Ford had pardoned Richard Nixon and um, everybody was voting Democrat because they were angry and most of the races did not have a lot of drama or scandal involved because everybody was just pissed off. Cute. So, like, this was just for shits. It was not really... To t- the devil is here. I mean, granted, there have been plenty of times in history where the devil was supposedly involved. 1974 wasn't really one of the most contentious years. So, uh, this was just for shits. Shits and gigs. 
But I mean, it's not like Kolshak doesn't have a political bent. Like the show, the show and the way reporters versus police officers are positioned in the show mm. is at its nature yeah. political. But this was not really like if you notice, like neither of the politicians in the show were given a party. a party and neither of them were given any like they never talked about what they believed in or stood for yeah. so you couldn't like guess which one was the democrat and which one was the republican going by the fact that illinois was a blue state well it is still a blue state but illinois is a blue state and the senators at the time were democrats you could i guess say that like they're trying to make the that the that the incumbent was the Democrat and the new guy was the Republican, but also they were calling him the Party of the People, people so which in, in in Illinois, especially in Chicago, would more likely be the Democrats. Democrat. But like it was not clear either way, right. so it wasn't like saying like this is the party that worships the mm-hmm. devil. Yeah. There was none of that. Which honestly, kudos to them. For exactly, doing. exactly. Yeah. I appreciated it a lot because it basically Even was just when- like. It basically was just, like, politicians are sketchy-ass people, point-blank, period. And, like, even with when Tony was like, okay, which political party did you get us in trouble with this time? Who's going to sue our asses now? He never there was no, There's no answer, yeah. And, like, at the beginning, like, when Kolchak's doing his narration, he's talking about, like, parties have, like, politicians have been in bed with these people and these people and these people and these people and like that is not a one party thing okay. that is a politician's thing. thing and he's like well this one just happened to get in bed with a different type of dog and I was like oh shit no they said he was in bed with the most strangest bedfellow of all oh the most terrifying one I he said something about dogs but I think that was in his end monologue that was in the end monologue they were yeah. talking about dogs yeah sorry um then Kolchak gets attacked by the dog again and the medallion that he took from the first time uh, when the dog attacked him the first time, he literally sniffs, the dog sniffs that out, rips open his jacket pocket, and takes it. And then he's trying to run back. I couldn't tell in which direction he was running, if he was running back to the Palmer's house or if he was running to his car. Um, but it looked like he ran the opposite way from when he just came. Not right from when he just came, so he was running back to the Palmer house. And then Palmer just comes on out and goes, Hi there. And then it cuts to the next scene, and I was like, no, oh, they talk for a second. Well, no, the well, they tell right. us what they talk about. Yeah. But my note here only makes sense if I explain something that I didn't say earlier. When the Kolchak was in the Gentleman's Club talking to his friend who ran the Gentleman's Club, the friend was making jokes, making fun of Kolchak, and he asked Kolchak if he wanted the number for a new tailor because mm. everybody makes fun of Kolchak's suit. And my note says, guess Kolchak will need that tailor after all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Taylor. Yeah, Taylor. Um... Yeah, Kolchak was not super pleased he got attacked by the dog, especially when he came back to INS and was like, well, so what's going to happen my suit? You're going to buy me a new suit? You're going to fix up my suit? Fix my suit. He told Tony to fix his suit about six times in that one scene. I don't... He was not talking about his suit. Yeah, because Tony was like, oh, are you so worried about your appearance? He's like, you're not worried about the story? Because he didn't get the interview yet because he kept talking about his suit getting Oh, but no, up. but he was talking about the story. He yeah. was talking a lot about the story and Kolchak, or and Tony was just being dumb. Because Kolchak was like, listen, he was there. And Tony was like, where did he say he was? And he was like, he said he was depressed, but he didn't seem very depressed. In fact, he was so calm, he was as calm as Buddha. I mean, like a plastic one, a statue. (laughs) (laughs) As calm as a plastic Buddha. That's how I want to live my life. That will never happen to me. No. Then we have a scene where 
I realized that they make people out to be so stupid on TV. Mm-hmm. It kills me. Like, my note is just, what a dumb girl. Mm-hmm. So, Kolshak, not Kolshak, Robert Palmer has meets this girl who was the secretary of his former campaign manager who died in the elevator. And she's like, I know that he had dirt on you. I know he was going to take it to the DA, and now I'm going to do the same thing because you won't continue to have an affair with me. And he's like, how about instead I just kill you? But my favorite thing was her reaction to a dog prior to attacking her who was just standing there, and she was like, ah! and then he, then he lunged. But here's the thing. If, for all of our viewers out there, if you have dirt or proof or facts of illegal activity done by someone who is in power and trying to hurt you, don't, don't go them. to them and tell them what you're about to do. And expect for them to bl- you to blackmail them because they're the one with the power and most likely you will end up getting hurt. Right, like... Which she, is shitty. But. Yeah, no, for sure. But, like, here's the thing. This guy is already... Pr- there's already facts and proof, proof that he's done all of these where things. Where it would open up an investigation without question. She's like, it's enough to definitely open an investigation. Then okay, do it. well, then open the investigation. Take it to the DA. Do what you have to do. Because I don't think but she actually wanted to. She, was she just wanted to... him to love her. And that's why they make girls out to be so stupid on TV. If this guy, who is married and sleeping with you anyway, has done all of these things, what says... Good person and great guy to be spending my time with. Not, literally nothing. Take that shit and run. Just be like, hey, here you go. Here's the people's person. Wait, do which one? The people's person. You just called him the people's person. Yeah. They're, they're guy. People's candidate? Candidate, yeah. Person, like, person is just another per- people. Like, <laughs> the people's people. <laughs> anyway. So, so what people are you? She um, is screaming because the dog's attacking her, and the cops show up and um, don't kill the dog. But for the first time in the history of Kolchak, there is an explanation. Um, The cop is like, listen, sometimes we get nervous when we actually have to shoot our guns. But, like, we weren't that nervous. This dog just kind of, like, seemed like he really liked the bullets. Yeah, he was just, like, sitting there like, oh, that has a nice ring to it. And then left. Yeah. But I love that he was like, sometimes when we get our guns out, we get shook. But, like, we weren't that shook. And I was like, thank you for explaining the fact that no one in the Chicago PD can shoot a gun. Yeah. Um, then, oh, because the cops get the dog off of her. She goes to the hospital. She's not dead yet, but then she does die in the hospital. And honestly, I feel like that was just kind of a waste of time. Yeah. She should have like, just died. Exactly, because then they just showed him going back and killing her anyway by, like... Right, because then also they have her. a scene of, like, Kolshak talking to this doctor, and, like, the, he's, like, the doctor and him are, like, having this really good back and forth where they're, like, being quippy with each other and, like... About their it's careers. About their careers so and, like, being, like, not understanding technical jargon. And, like, there's some good dialogue in it, but we learned nothing. Except the fact that she died of a stroke. Essentially, something happened to her ner- her nervical system. Her ner- no, nervical. That wasn't even a word. That's not what I meant to say. Sure was not. Her nerve system, because she um, was it her nerves or was it her? Um, so she said she said it was something. Medical terms that Monica doesn't know happened. So she's like in well, layman's terms, she had a stroke. Yeah, but here's the thing: medical terms that didn't matter happened. Yeah. Like that whole scene, as good as the dialogue was, it was useless. Needed. So they should have just 
showed, K- showed killed sh- killed her in the park. Yeah, or that too. And like, we already knew the dog was Palmer. Yeah. We didn't need second confirmation of that. Exactly. Um, then we go back to the office, and Kolchak is looking through a book of dogs. Which might, can I say one thing? Sure. There, there are two things about the scene. First of all. Kolchak is looking through this book of dogs like he doesn't know what type of dog this is when it's clearly a Rottweiler. And two, he's like, he has five toes. And they're like, oh, well, only wild dogs have. And I don't know how it was in the 70s. I'm not sure if every single person always made sure to clip the dewclaw on their dogs. But the, like, both of my dogs still have their dewclaw. A dewclaw is different than having a solid fifth toe. And that's what I couldn't tell because no, 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 Robert, he, not Robert, what's his face? Ron. No, no, no. It wasn't the dewclaw. It was a solid was fifth here. toe. Okay, because that's um, what I was trying to say. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Updike made it sound like he was talking about a dewclaw because wild dogs don't have them trimmed. No, 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 but wild African dogs, dogs? have five toes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. I just thought he was talking about wild dogs in general. No. So this scene, um, my notes about this scene were that I hate that Ron has suddenly gotten so mean. Yeah. He's not like, he's, he's like, not like stupid. I know this, but I'm like also really insecure. He's like, I'm going to just be an asshole. Yeah. Now. But I also hate that Ron is mean. Uh, because, first of all, Kolchak's looking at this dog book, and he's like, oh, what, the Kolchak family album? And I'm like, okay, unnecessary sass. But then um, Kolchak's describing what he saw, and Ron basically is like, you're an idiot. You know this about this animal, and this about this animal, and this about this animal. And Tony comes around the corner and is like, what, is this the zoo column? <laughs> and I was like, literally, I would be that person who's like, of course it can't be. It has to be a wild dog, because only wild, do- wild dogs are the only ones with five toes. Like, I'm that person. Mm-hmm. And, like, the way that, but also the way that Kolchak was describing the dog, yes, he had, but he was also, every time the sound was an attack, but, like, you don't just point out those, it was like, oh, he was black and brown, but he also had, like, big bulging eyes, and then Ron goes, it sounds like a mongoloid. And I was like, not a mongoloid. I'm almost pretty sure that, what did he no, say? No, he said a mongrel, which is a mutt. Oh, I thought he said mongoloid. I was like, why would he say a mongoloid? What? Okay, a mongoloid is a terrible term to use, and it is not about animals. That's why I was like confused and I was like no the thing was, Rottweiler. but the thing is he didn't the dog what we saw was a Rottweiler but the way Kolchak was describing it was like not actually True. a Rottweiler he was just like saying things and what Ron was saying was that the way he described that was too many different breeds at once so it had I to be a mongrel or a mutt okay. and then Kolchak was like but that doesn't make sense because mutts are always like really friendly which Again, not necessarily. Again, true. that's part of the whole like breed has anything to do with their like behavior, yeah. which is not true because I mean there are breeds that have more aggressive tendencies, but all animals are only as aggressive as the owners let them be. Yeah. So anyway, that's like, why don't pit bulls are terrible dogs. But I mean, know. like obviously, a tiger versus a house cat, one of them is going to be more aggressive yeah. genetically. Yeah. But if you let your house cat be a dick, like scratch things up and kill things. It's going to scratch things up and kill things. Like, that's... Anyway. Just like if you have a kid who, you know, you let kill small animals, you are letting him become a serial killer if you draw. Like, don't blame the kid. Blame... No, I'm kidding. I'm totally fucking kidding. Um, If your child is killing animals... um, Get them psychiatric help. And it's not, like... For hunting purposes. Like, if it's not, like, hunting survival, like, you taught them to do it, if they're doing it with, like, fire or enjoying watching them die... Or, like, house cats or Like, dogs. please get help. Yeah. 
You might. You might. Those are like basic warning signs. At but this point. also, usually, kids that kill animals have fucked up parents. So they probably won't get. Them so out. the parents are part of the problem anyway. Um, not always. Yeah, there are some people are who end up being serial killers who have perfectly, perfectly decent parents. parents. But like that nature versus nurture sure. thing. That that influences a lot of that shit. <laughs> I was just watching, listening to this one case from Kendall Ray. I don't know if you watch it. I don't. But she was talking about this guy named Fred and someone West. And they had, like, buried, basically a cemetery in their backyard. And they would, like, abuse and beat their kids. And, like, she was also, like, she was a sex worker. And she was doing it in the house. And, like, she, both of them, like, the husband and the wife, were both, like, sexually assaulted by each of their parents. Like, the dad sexually assaulted the wife. The mom sexually assaulted the son. It, but, and then they started doing that to their own kids. And they were killing their kids. It was fucked. Yeah. Go watch Kendall Ray's video on it. It was very interesting, very disturbing. It's, like, your discussion advised. But, like... You really deal with that nature versus versus nurture thing because like his dad told him the only way to get anything in life is to find out the sneakiest way to do it without getting caught and basically forcing yourself upon things. Yeah, like his and they were convinced that his father was also a serial killer. They are almost convinced that he was also. I mean, because like you have your people who just have like messed up belief systems, no, like cult leaders and stuff. Like you have like cult leaders and stuff, but like even some of the cult leaders, like there's this cult in Australia, mm-hmm. um, where this lady. I mean, fuck. It's uh, called the family. Have you heard of the family? Yes. Where she like was adopting all those kids and stuff. Yes. But I have like heard also, that. if you look at her childhood, fucked. But then you have people like Jared Leto who just started the new religion that's oddly weirdly cultish, and I don't know how I feel about it. I, don't you see, don't you, did you sign up for a newsletter for him when you got no, an email No, I for accidentally, like, ten years ago, signed up for the 30 Seconds to Mars email list, which I don't ever remember actually doing. I was never, like, I don't, I like 30 Seconds to Mars, but I was never, like, a huge, huge fan. fan. So I don't know how I signed up for this email list. It was on accident. But I still am on it. And so every once in a while, I'll get a notification that I have an email from Jared Leto. Because it doesn't say 30 Seconds to Mars. It says Jared, Jared Leto, Leto is emailing me. And then I'm like, this is so uncomfortable. Weird. Odd. Um, anyway, I hope you enjoyed that little tidbit. You know. Um, then we see the actual senator that Ron Palmer, or Bob Palmer. Robert Palmer. Also. They kept calling him Bob and Robert, so. Here's, guys. Okay, spoiler alert if you have not watched Twin Peaks, um, or but this is not really anything about the plot of Twin Peaks, but there is a character whose last name is Palmer. His first name's not Bob. Okay, this is a big spoiler alert. Bob is this, like, weird demon spirit thing who inhabits the character. Um, but so the character is Bob, but he's also not Bob. He's Mr. Palmer. And so, like, Bob Palmer, like, I keep going, I'm like, that can't possibly be right. But then it is right. And so I'm just very confused. Apologize. Yes, they, call, they were calling him Bob or Robert for the whole yeah. episode. But, um, so we see the other senator, like, the actual senator who he's running against. And my I'm question is. I get, was it Tibbetts was his last name? Talbot. Talbot. Um, he is played by the most Canadian-sounding actor I've ever experienced in my life. I have no idea. I mean, maybe he was just trying to be, like, Midwestern, but, like, hella sounded like he was Canadian. Is he Canadian or from Missouri? In fact, I'm going to look up if he's Canadian or, or not. Or Missouri. That's what I said, Midwestern. Yeah. Nova um, Scotia. Like that. Nova Scotia is not Midwestern. It's in Canada. Um, I like to speak with, like, an 
Alaskan Canadian accent all the time, and that one was really bad. I do sound like Sarah Palin. No, don't. So sorry. Don't do that. See, Cody's adopted, but his dad's like actually Canadian. So when he was younger, he would hear his dad have this like heavy Canadian accent. Now he says sorry and like talks like he's Canadian. Like, but you're not Canadian. He's like, but here's I basically our, am. Our accent is close enough though that like when I was working, sometimes in, you can slip into it. Yeah, when I was working in Disney, um, somebody. A Canadian family came up to me, and they were like, oh, my God, thank God. And I said, what? They're like, you're the first person we talked to all day who didn't have a terrible accent. And also, like, especially being in Western New York, you have, like, the very wide and eh, sound, yeah. like, Skidjackwita, um, Chiptawaga. Like, you can hear our accent in A noises. Nope. He is from Wisconsin. There we go. Let me tell you, he... Sounded yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah, of course it makes sense, but I was like, he sounds so Canadian. Um, but then he dies. <laughs> <laughs> We're going down to Magic Jackson. Uh, but yep, then he um, ended his subscription to life real quick. Well, he didn't. Somebody ended it for him. Yeah. Um, he was unalived. And um, the Kolshak makes the comment that this campaign is littered with corpses. And I wrote... Could it be now? Everyone who knows anything about Epstein is pretty Um. T. Anyway. Then. Kolchak uh, gets some more information about uh, Bob Palmer. And he finds a picture where he's wearing the same necklace that was on the dog tag. So, oh. Case, the devil! Case cracked right open. We don't know it's the devil yet. Oh. The something. <laughs> the dog is something with the man. Yeah. Something. I don't know. Don't know. Um, but then he gets all these books about Satanism and finds that it is, in fact, the devil. Um, I love listening to Kolshak try to explain what happens when you make a sacrifice to the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. No, because hearing... Because he ended up matching up the necklace design to, like, the basically this one, like, stereotypical... You know, the book of Satanism. Yeah. And with the ram head in the middle, you know, all that fun jazz. And he's like, oh, shit, wait, this is the same thing. So he's running to Tony while also uh, em- Emily is, like, sitting there trying to explain... Complain that the elevator needs broken. to be fixed. And then she's like... And as he's explaining the fact in very jumbled part. They're portions. both, like, yelling, and Tony just like, goes, what is a normal heart rate? Yeah. And so they're both going back on two different things. And then Miss Emily goes, Cole Shack, let me finish my thing, then you can get back to yours. And then she finishes off, and Tony's like, that's it, I'm done. And he starts walking out. Yeah. Um, then we go back to Palmer's house, and he's having a conversation with his wife, and she is trying to convince him, like, not to continue worshiping the devil, you know. And he's like, homie, there's not, like, a... A clause in a contract. This is the devil we're talking about right. here. Right, and, like, whatever the opposite of Lady Macbeth is, is his wife. Yes. Like, yeah. And she's like, please, like, I just want to go live, like, a simple life, run away, like, live in a farm. Like, we don't got to do this. And he said, we were living a simple life, and it wasn't enough. And now. But this is too much for me. Um, so he's like, I have to go. He's like, you can't even have a simple conversation with me. And he's like, bitch, no. He's like, not without some wine. 
And that's what he wanted to do. I don't think he was telling her to shoot. So at no, that point, no, no, no. That. The wine wasn't for her. It was for the for, sacrifice. But he made it seem like it was for the two of them because I don't because he obviously knew that Kolchak was there where she did, where she had no clue. I think he knew when he was leaving that room what was going to happen that night because he needed the blood sacrifice anyway, and it was like it was planned. Anyway, he goes to the wine cellar to get some wine, and um, he apparently needs to hire a fucking cleaner because that was the dirtiest wine cellar I've ever seen. And, like, especially if it leads into your, like, super secret, which has an oddly other secret entrance that's a layer. I don't understand it. But, like, I saw him walk in. I'm like, is that a cobweb or is that, like, a drape? Then I saw him pick up the wine bottle. I'm like, there is, like, three And he deliberately blows the dust off of it. And I was like, that is nasty. Really, just, it takes three seconds to dust off your wine. And then we get to the most confusing moment of the entire episode for me. Um... Palmer is in his weird super secret sacrifice room, and he is on this like pentagram. He's like got his wine and he's speaking in Latin, praising the devil, which hysterically is exactly when my niece started crying. <laughs> Great, um, but on his pentagram that he has drawn on the floor where he is super secret uh, sacrificing and praising the devil, the circle around. The pentagram. Star. No, here's the thing. The circle, in the book of Satan that they had and the robe that the man is wearing, there are actual symbols that have to do with Satanism on, on the book. But on the floor, for some reason, instead of copying the same five symbols that they have on the robe and the book, they put all 12 animal symbols of the zodiac and the nine planetary symbols for reading a birth chart. It was like looking at a um, natal chart from the day that you were born. And it looked like he just had a really confusing birth chart. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so it looks like his Jupiter's going into his fifth house right now. Yeah, um, yeah uh, the devil has uh, his Mercury in Aries. Um, like, I don't know. I was Is like, Mercury's in Renegade right now? In Renesmee? In Roman Dude, I'm so glad they didn't use that Renesmee doll. They say she's haunted. They have her at Forks in the museum for the movie. We have to go because I want to go see if she's real. Is she like a little Annabelle? That was a lot at once, but I can't believe they had the audacity to make that shit and try um, and use it. I can't believe they had the audacity to make that movie. <laughs> that means like you're not... I can't believe they had the audacity to make the whole series, but here I am, a whore for it. Um, so, yeah, apparently believing in your Zodiac is also devil worship, which honestly, some people will tell you that's true. Yeah. Which I don't understand why it's stars. Yeah, you know, I don't get it, really don't get it. Mm-hmm. The thing for me is, like, we scientifically know that the way the earth and the moon and the stars move changes the tides in the ocean. My body is made of 90% water, so why the fuck wouldn't it change me? Facts. There you go. Except for my, okay, the human body is made of 90% water. Mine's probably about 9% because I'm a hella dehydrated. <laughs> it's um, 9% water, 87% um, Mountain Dew. Not Mountain Dew. Dr. Pepper. Coffee. Uh, coffee. Okay, so 50, so 40 40, you know. My body, my interior is made up of coffee or caffeine, candy, and the hope that someday someone will love me. 
That's the title of this episode. <laughs> that um, was the saddest thing I think I've heard. Um, I'm so, so sorry. Uh, oh, so then Kolchak uh, is trying to fight this dog. Well, first, Palmer is like, Kolchak, do you want to join me in worshipping the devil? And he's like, that sounds like a good idea. Like, do I have some time to think it over? And he's like, nah, bitch, you get right now. And if you say no, I kill you. Yeah, he's like, you're my blood sacrifice. And he's like, I've sacrificed some lambs. He's like, I've sacrificed lambs, goats, and, you know, other things. And I'm like, ooh. Ooh. Um, But you, you are tonight. And Kolchak says, that's great. I'm going to go talk to my lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) And so then Palmer turns into a dog and attacks Kolchak. And Kolchak throws holy water. At the corner of the room. I wrote, Kolchak's aim is about as good as the Stormtrooper police. Because, like, what the fuck was that? that? But then he had a plan and let the the dog attack him to take his necklace, necklace and then and he threw the it. necklace into the holy water so that he was now stuck as a dog. I think because yeah. okay, no, here. here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know, big brain. Um, actually, no, I just know this because this is how like selling your soul to the devil works. Um, Robert Palmer doesn't exist anymore. He's dead. He's oh, been okay. dead. The devil was basically using like, his body. It was basically like a demon inhabiting his body. And giving him the power to shift into the dog and, like, could do all these things. But, like, once he lost, the devil took him back. Like, kind of thing. Oh, okay. So, it. like, I mean, so now this dog, and that's why the dog stops being aggressive, so, too. Because once the demon spirit's gone, it's just a regular fucking dog. And can I just say, whatever dog they had playing this demon dog, when he wasn't making that weird fucking face to show that he was a demon dog... He was so The cute. demon dog was 100% a puppet. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. But, like, when they closed up on, like, the actual dog and his big-ass brown eyes, I'm like, Kolchak would have been like, bitch, you come home with me, homie. We're gonna have fun. Like, I, there'd be no way I would leave that dog. I'd just like, let's go. Come on. I don't care if he tried to kill me. I would take him with me. Because <laughs> I'm also a little dumb. Um, but. Now, my overall thought, my final question is, if it was a few weeks before the election... And both both of the candidates mysteriously died and no one could find them. Would that be the second in charge that would come up up and stay for... Yeah, who... What what happened? Well, they did say that he... They're like, when... um, What'd you call it? The governor would appoint an interim senator. Okay. But, like, that's still... Like, you can't... That I don't I don't really know what happens like for the election. Like, who does the other party run? Like, what do you do? Do they just, like... I don't know. Cause like I wonder if like they just move up the second. I mean, people have action. died during the campaign before, but, but never both. both. Hmm. I wonder if there's a plan implemented in place for something like that. Have both candidates ever died in the middle of a campaign? Oh, it wasn't recording. Hmm. Have both candidates ever died in the middle of a campaign? No, this is just telling me what would happen if the presidential campaign died. Like, that doesn't help. If you guys know, let us know down below yeah. if there's any way that that... Because that's actually interesting to think about. Right, like, that was my thought. Because this, this episode... I mean, this episode like, wasn't really, like... The devil stuff was... Very minute. Very minute. It was I was really, expecting some, like, cool shit. It wasn't there. I mean, it was, it was interesting. It was, like, a fairly accurate idea yeah. of what, like, the... I guess the power of what that could be. Right. But I was expecting to see some more, like, re- like more devil aspect. Well, really, the political dog. intrigue was really what it was about, and yeah. I love that. So I was really into this episode, plus, I think, like I said, funniest episode so far. Oh, 100%. But 
that is my real takeaway. Like, if this happened in real life, what the fuck would happen next? Exactly. Because, like, if it happened in a presidential debate, would it just be the vice president would now be the president for the next four years? Well, okay, if the president... I know there's, like, the, I know, like if, the doomsday event... Well, here's the thing. If the president dies, the vice president becomes the president. the president. For the rest of his term. For the rest of his term, but then there's an election. Okay. So, like, here, if the senator dies and they have, like... I don't know how it works in a secretarial, like, in a senatorial office, like, who, if he has, like, a a secretary of his whatever, office, yeah. like, whatever, like, the person who, like, would it's take right his, right, like, the Speaker of the House, like, like in the fact that, like, it goes for President, Vice, Vice president, president, Speaker of the House, like, I don't know what the order is in a more, less important office is, not that senators no, aren't important, important, but, but what does that mean for the election? And the thing is, because the interim person would be fill out the rest of the role, the rest of the term, but that doesn't necessarily mean he would want to run as as senator. a senator. So I don't know. It's complicated, and I don't understand enough about it. And if you're listening to this outside of America, that is all very confusing for you, yeah, and I'm so really sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah. And that was the sixth episode, which I think was really good. I loved it. I thought um, it was really, really good. The trivia. I have some weird things in my Google search right now. My dad <laughs> took my phone and was like Googling something, and then I was looking up a restaurant menu, and my like Google search is very strange right now. I had the trivia, trivia pulled up, but then. Until you try to find out the president. No, and then so... I Googled what I wanted for lunch. Oh, yeah. Dinner. I don't know what time it is. It's 4 19. Mm. No, 23 19. Um, 11.19. Goops. Continuity. When the candidate and his campaign man- manager get on the elevator, the car is crowded with both men having to stand at the front by the doors. After the elevator falls to the basement and the doors are forced open, half of the passengers are gone with enough room for the remaining people to lie on the floor and not on top of anyone else. How convenient. Factual errors. When Kolchak is viewing the two cars involved in the wreck, there is old rust visible on the damaged areas. The cars were obviously damaged longer than actually implied. In the beginning of the show, when the elevator is crashing, the internal button lights are going the wrong way. In most U.S. elevators, the button numbers go upwards in increasing floor numbers. If the elevator is descending, the button lights should have been descending order as well, not Mm. ascending as shown. Okay. I really wouldn't have known that because now it's just a digital number that moves and not the cool little things in most elevators that I go into. Yeah, but even no, but like the button, it's not the buttons on the side where you press like what floor oh, oh, when okay. they were lighting up, mm-hmm. they shouldn't be lighting up in the opposite order of the floors oh. you're on. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I yeah. you were talking about when they no. were the floor numbers. No. Society. Yeah. Button numbers go upwards. Yeah. The story is taking place on multiple dates in August. When Kolchak is in the bar, the Chicago Cubs are playing the Boston Red Sox. In the 70s, this would only take place if it were a World Series games as the teams are in different leagues, which would place the game in October. In addition, Kolchak refers to it as election season, which would also be fall and not during midsummer as the election would be held in November. Yeah. Revealing mistakes. The first automobile explosion is supposedly driven by one of Palmer's rivals, but the vehicle is a 1930s roadster with spoked wheels, which is an obvious use of antique footage. Like they just took old stock footage of a car. Oh, exploding. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, I think we saw that when it came to that boat. 
No one is able to identify the dog in the show as being a Rottweiler. This is exceptionally odd as they were common types of pets even in the 1970s. Miscellaneous. During the end credits, Ruth McDevitt's character name is listed as Edith Cowles when in actuality she plays Miss Emily Cowles. Her name is always listed on the credits as Edith, but in the show it's always it's Emily, Emily, so I'm not unless, really sure. Unless Edith is her actual name, but they just call her Miss Emily because that's the column that she writes for. Because mm. she has the Miss Emily column. That would right. be my only... But they call her Miss Emily. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Errors in geography. During the attack in the park, eucalyptus trees are visible in the background, which cannot grow in Chicago. Yeah, that's also what koala bears eat, because they're all smooth brain little animals. I know, I know, I love them, though. In the intro, when various rivals of Palmer are killed, the second victim is described as sailing his yacht on Lake Michigan, but the yacht has a French flag. Hmm. Character error. Ron says that no domesticated dogs have five toes and that only wild African and Asian dogs have five toes, but in fact, many domesticated dogs have five toes, including Shepherds, Rottweilers, Yorkshire Terriers, Poodles, Mastiffs, and St. Bernards. The adaptation is generally environmental in rough terrain as the fifth toe provides extra traction. Oh. I did not know that, actually. I didn't know that either. And the one dog that they said, hey, Rottweilers, so I guess I, I guess I did do their research. Not really. I don't know what they're talking about. I was trying to give him, you know, some... Trivia. When Kolshak looks at the wrecked car and is told that the driver survived... Oh, yeah, because when Talbot died... Oh, yeah. It was in a car crash, but then the other car... Had no driver. Had no driver. Um, and told the driver survived, he replies, Lee Petty couldn't survive a crash like that. Darren McGavin played Lee Petty in 43, the Richard Petty story. Oh, that's actually pretty funny. Kolshak asks if he will be required to sign his name in blood, and Palmer answers yes. This is in keeping with the short story The Devil and Daniel Webster and the opera Faust, where contractees of the devil sign in blood when agreeing to sell their soul. I feel like that's just been a trope that's stuck ever since then. Devil Dog, The Hound of Hell, 1978, was originally intended to be a sequel to this episode. Oh, really? Cool. Tom Skerritt, who plays a man who sold his soul to the devil, later played William Shatner's brother in The Devil's Reign, in which he fights the devil. Wow, talk about full circle. The two dollars that the postman charges Kolshak for the postage due comes out to ten dollars and thirty-seven cents in 2019, adjusted for inflation. And this one is the dumbest trip I've ever seen. The show was filmed in Chicago. Actually, no, that's not dumb. This is the first time that the show, full show, was filmed in Chicago. Darren McGavin, who plays Kolshak, also starred in Raw Deal, which was filmed on location in Chicago. I think that's all of this. Okay. Well, that was this week's episode of Kolshak, the Night Stalker, called The Devil's Platform, which, once again, we should have a little, we should have a little game called Is It About a Train or Something Completely Different? Um, the answer will probably be that it's never about a train, train, even though I want it to be. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, a murder train? Like, have you ever seen, uh, what's it called? Terror Train with Jamie Lee Curtis. It was, it was like her, it was in 1983, it was after, wasn't it? It was either after the first Halloween came out or the second Halloween came out, and it was, like, one of her, like, next big roles in another horror. That's where she became the Scream Queen from. It's actually really good. It is a really, really good show. It's sitting over here. Acting like Murder on the Orient Express is not the most famous fucking murder train in the history of 
mystery novels slash movies. Oh, mystery novel, one hundred percent. I I like. Don't be wrong. I love. She said, "I want a murder train," and I really thought she was gonna actually be a big brain for once and say something about murder on the Orient Express. And then she started talking about Terrible. who knows what. Okay, so I because I like her. You know, I'm slasher. I'm no only like murder mystery. It's like clue, <laughs> clue. No, I don't mind murder mystery, but um. Yes, Murder on the Orient Express is very, very good. I will 100 give it to you, but I but, love... But, question. Are you talking about the only the movie, or did you read the book? I never re- had to read the book, but I've seen the movie. Which one? Both. The original, okay. and then I saw the one, because Johnny okay. Depp was in the other one. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Okay, one. no, because I was I was going to say. I mean, the, uh, the new one is good. It's very yeah. good, but... It's, once again, originals yeah. do it better. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, the book, better. Anyway. Um, That's just also almost like a given. It's like... Yeah, a movie's good, but when you have a book that could be almost like a 20-hour It's not a very movie. long book. Really? Yeah. How many pages is it? I don't remember exact page numbers, but Agatha Christie didn't write, right, like... super long. She, her books are, like, this big. They're, oh, not, okay. they're not big books. I mean, she's written all... Well, she has written, but also can't you really use has written, because that is a verb tense that involves the fact that things are still being written and she's very much dead. She but, has wrote. No, she wrote. Oh, oh she wrote. <laughs> um, a lot. A lot of books. Um, yeah. But, um, if you know what would happen in the senatorial race, uh, comment below. And also let us know, uh, which you probably already should have by now because it's been an Instagram post, what your, if you're from Western New York, what your favorite ice cream custard is. Or if you're from anywhere. If you're from has- anywhere and you have, like, a place that makes homemade custard, let us know so we can, I don't know, like, road trip and eat ice cream. Yeah. That sounds um, like a fun-ass road trip. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, subscribe, like, I don't know. Comment. Do the normal YouTube Do those things. things that you're supposed to do when you like things. Rate and review. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really bad at this. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at deathandaliens. I almost said .com, which doesn't exist, but you get the gist. That's also our Twitter handle as well, as Instagram. And you can email us at deathandaliens at gmail.com. But also, I remembered something else that's very exciting that happened this week. What's that? Oh, we got a, co- a normal comment on the Instagram. Well, yeah, but no. <laughs> For my reality TV friends out there, Big Brother it returns on Wednesday. And one of my friends is on the show, and I'm so excited. Yep. And a Western New York native. Obviously. She's from Niagara Falls, born and bred. Mm-hmm. Um, Brittany D'Angelo. Love her. Mm-hmm. So She's going to be super obnoxious on TV. She's just She has a very, very big personality. personality. She's very nice. No, I, I adore her. She's my friend. She, but she has a very big personality, and I have no idea how that's going to come off on TV. And, I know, and you know that when it comes down to TV and editing it, like, I feel like when you're watching the 24-hour footage, like, the behind-the-scenes like you're going to see more of who she is versus, like, when they are yeah. editing it for entertainment the edit, the, the she is going to get... You're either going to love her or hate her. Edit. Yeah, that's... The thing is, that's what I said on Twitter, like, to my friends. She's either going to be the best part of the show or the right. worst part of the show. Her edit is going to be But I feel like a lot of people in the Big Brother community watch a lot of the 24-hour footage. Oh, for sure. So hopefully they'll be like... I don't mm-hmm. because um, I don't have time for that, but I do follow all the people on Twitter who do and tell me what happened. Yeah, and, like, that's when you have to, like, almost, I feel like with Britney, it's going to be, like, the see what it's like when it, she's not being, com- like, edited into seem like a certain way, because you know they're going to fucking do that oh, yeah. shit and mooch that shit up. Oh, my God, I love it. But, I cannot wait. 
I have, and I haven't watched Big Brother in years since my dad lived here with you guys, so I think I might have to come over Wednesday to watch it. I watched every season of Big Brother and Big Brother Canada. We're, I'm going to have to come over Wednesday to watch it with you guys. I won't be watching it on Wednesday. I'll be at work. Bri and I are watching it Thursday morning. I'll come over Thursday then. Um, yeah, unfortunately I can't watch it live because I work. Rude. And, we'll ha- and then we'll, ha- we'll, work- we'll watch the episode of Close Check after Big Brother. Oh, yeah, because I'm going to go to a concert Thursday night, so we don't have to do it during the day Thursday anyway. Boom! Play it. Boom. Booyah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And you can follow me on Instagram at Monica.Lynn underscore. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mon underscore Lynn underscore. Oh, yeah. My Twitter is the same as my Instagram. Whatever. I have not been able to use, have mine be the same, and I don't know why. I'm going to possibly go and change it. So if it's changed anything, it'll be the same thing as my Instagram. If it hasn't been changed anything, it's the one I just said here. Uh, yeah. So, uh, we will see you. Later. Yes.